You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. This is Karen Lynn Grant with Joy Coaching America, and we're here for part two with Rod L. Meldrum, who is a researcher, author, and national lecturer. We're so excited to have him, and we want you to go visit www.bookofmormonevidence.org. I'll be giving you that website several times through the program, so if you're driving, you can maybe have a chance to memorize that. It's bookofmormonevidence.org. Rod has highly uh, done comprehensive research, as shared in live presentations and educational materials. He has won the respect and support of many scholars. He has served as senior scientific researcher for seven years on a natural sciences textbook and manual. He has been the president and CEO of High Country Gourmet Incorporated and was the director of business development for Interact Medical. Rod and his wife, Tanya, are the parents of four children. He began his study of issues surrounding the controversy over DNA and the Book of Mormon in 2003, which led to questioning the origins of proposed geographical settings of the Book of Mormon. In addition, he completed intensive study of the Book of Mormon itself and the historical background and documents associated with it. Rod is the producer of the documentaries DNA Evidence for Book of Mormon Geography and Book of Mormon Evidence and co-author of the book Prophecies and Promises, The Book of Mormon and the United States of America and author of the book Rediscovering the Book of Mormon Remnant Through DNA. He has given presentations across the United States to many thousands of truth seekers. He's got a great conference coming up on September 25th through 26th. It's their big conference online this time around. For uh, You can go to that by registering at bookofmormonevidence.org. There will be 80 guest speakers, and you can watch all of them and listen in for just $30. It is a wonderful program, something you don't want to miss. And I am excited to have you here today, Rod. Um, and so here we go with why is America unique? Today's theme. So students today have been taught by our education systems that America was founded by a bunch of slave-owning white men that created a system to oppress everyone from blacks to women to native peoples and even other countries. So Rod, I just wanna ask you, I just wanna start this program today to, what do you say to these ideas? Well, I'll tell you what, this is a, a, a very um, deep subject, as they say, so. so Here we go. <laughs> yeah, so like, like you said, you know, students today basically been, you know, have, have been taught all these negative things about the establishment of America. And, uh, and and I think the question that, that you mentioned at the top of the hour here basically was uh, why is America unique? And, and so maybe I think it'd help for uh, especially the younger uh, you know, folks in America today to have a, a little bit more perspective as to um, you know what America is and why it's unique. You know, I have a, a little bit of a unique perspective because of my uh, being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, which. Uh, which we have an understanding and we um, 
In fact, I think it was the, the last um, podcast that we did. We talked about the uh, this idea that uh, that there was a promised land, that America is a promised land. And for those of our faith, the uh, this promised land idea is really very deep set, um, stemming all the way back from Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden um, and, and, a, and, a, and a promised land being established um, among Adam's posterity, um, you know, early on there. Um, to uh, Abraham and his posterity, basically in the Bible, we have Abraham who is completely um, obedient to God, uh, it, it, even to the point of actually sacrificing his own son Isaac, and so he is blessed with with specific blessings, and those blessings basically are outlined as being a land called the land of Canaan. They were blessed as being that they were going to have a, um, a they're going to be blessed with posterity which again is the, the greatest gift that God can give to his children is basically the ability to have children, the ability to have a posterity. Um, then also that he's going to be blessing them with, with prosperity, that they were going to prosper upon the land and their, that their, their flocks and their herds would do well and they would prosper on the, on the land. And, and uh, then the fourth thing was security. But basically, as long as they're righteous, that God would essentially fight their battles for them. We see that throughout the Old Testament. You know, as the as the Israelites basically um, took on, or other other nations came in, that God basically said that He would uh, He would bless them um, with this security. So when you when you add those four things together, it's really a, an important aspect. Um, the only thing that God basically requires in you know um, in return for this covenant, if you will, is to live the commandments as a nation. That as, as a people or as a nation uh, that could be a political nation or a, or a people, you know, like the Jews or whatever, um, that they just have to be able to live the Ten Commandments. I, I call it the minimum standard. You know? Right. And so what I hear you saying is that this is a promised land, but it comes with a stewardship and a responsibility. Yes, exactly. We don't just get it on a silver platter and it just keeps feeding us. That's we right. have to prove faithful and worthy. Yeah. You know, it seems, it seems interesting to, to note if, if you have any culture society that, that uh, will live the 10 commandments, in other words, we'll, we'll just do that and obey the 10 commandments. That society is, is going to prosper. They, you know, if, if you honor your, your parents, if you, uh, if you don't steal, if you don't commit adultery, if you don't do, um, you know, all these other you know, aspects of the Ten Commandments, basically, then, uh, then, then that actually leads to prosperity. When everybody treats treats themselves, you know, like they want to be treated and so forth, that's the golden rule. It's not one of the Ten Commandments, but it's basically <laughs> one of the good things. That's right. That, but, but the bottom line is, is that uh, that society is going to do well. Um, societies in the past didn't do that. Um, and if you take a look at kingships, for example, um, Having a king wouldn't be a bad way to go if you always could know that the king was going to look out for the best interests of the people and not just the best interests of himself and his own personal family. But unfortunately, that almost never happens. Uh, when people get a little bit of authority, they begin to usurp that authority and basically they feel like that they are um, uh, somehow better than other people. That They, they somehow... put themselves on a pedestal. Yes, and they, and they and they believe they start to really believe that they're somehow better than anyone else, or other people, and that creates uh, you know different uh, levels of society essentially from 
from serfs to you know, princes and and uh, and then up to kings and so forth. Um, in the past, most civilizations have not had hardly any middle class. You either were in the working class or you were in the ruling class. And America is unique in that it really, for the first time ever, really developed a, uh, a robust middle class. In fact, the vast majority of people in the United States are in a middle class status. Most of the poor people in the United States are still more wealthy than many of the richer people in right. third world countries. We really do live like queens and kings. And you know, you think about the pilgrims and it's 400 years, 1620, we're now in 2020. It's been 400 years since yep. they landed in Plymouth Rock. Yep, this right. is our anniversary. anniversary. This, is, this was going to have huge celebrations that got interrupted by what's been happening mm -hmm. this year. Mm -hmm. But you think about these people that, you know, started with the Mayflower Compact and they totally established even that on the principles of the Ten Commandments, yeah. coming here with their desire for religious freedom, feeling that stewardship and that responsibility to live God-fearing mm -hmm. lives. Yeah, if you if you if you have a society that's based on the Ten Commandments, then really what you're talking about, where do the Ten Commandments come from? Came from the Lord, right? So that means you are basing you you have a society or a culture or a in this particular case a government that actually is based on the principles of Christianity. And that's what this country was founded on. Yeah. Now, now Muslims obviously believe in the Ten Commandments as well and so forth, but, but basically it was the Ten Commandments as understood through the Bible mm -hmm. and all of the founding fathers were underst at least understood. Many of them um, had even family members who were preachers and so forth. But they, but they, the, the, the book that is most quoted of all the founding fathers is by far and away the Holy Bible. And that is awesome to know and important to realize as we are seeing so much diversity, controversy, and people taking their own footprints and going and walking in a different direction than what was established to be the grassroots of a great nation. Mm -hmm. So, so as far as some of these different ideas about, like, for example, well, what about, uh, you mentioned about the, you know, it was, it was set up by a bunch of old white men, <laughs> okay, <laughs> which is, which is essentially true, okay, <laughs> there was, you know, mo most of the founding, in fact, all of the founding fathers were, in fact, um, older, had some experience in their lives, um, many of them, or all of them, as far as I know, were basically what we consider to be Caucasian or white, although, um, you know, that many of them had some mixed blood as far as that's concerned but then they, they have the but so so what about um this group of old white men the interesting thing is is that they didn't say that in the bill of rights for example that all white men are created equal they said that all men are created equal and they were endowed by who their creator by god with certain unalienable rights right absolutely so so, so when you understand this 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 fact here um, that, that gives you a better understanding. We can talk about this on the other side of the break here, but uh, but we need to talk about a little bit about the Native Native Americans and, uh, and so forth too. So. And we'll do that right when we come back. This is Joy Coaching America with Karen Grant interviewing Rod Meldrum.
from sea to shining sea and beyond. You're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant. This is Karen Lynn Grant with Joy Coaching America interviewing Rod L. Meldrum. We're so excited to be back with you and I'm so grateful for your study, your research, your knowledge. And I think how so many of us can be blessed by the outpouring of what Rod is teaching us here today. We were just going to address the Native Americans. So would you take it away from there? <laughs> well, basically, well, the, the, the question was really, um, so what, uh, why is America unique? And, uh, and students have been taught basically um, that, uh, that, that America was is bad because, for example, um, we pushed all the Native Americans who were here originally, we pushed them off the land. Um, the thing I think find is so interesting about that is that uh, these these whoever is saying that that, that this was a, a bad thing um, that America came in and pushed the Native Americans off the land um, have must be completely ignorant about how things actually worked, you know, prior to America, <laughs> okay? mm -hmm. you know, in the, throughout the world. I mean, you know, people fought each other over land. There, there, there was there were battles. There were wars. You know the Romans, and I mean, I mean you, you name it. I mean, every, every successive group when they when they would have a war and they would win. Guess what, folks? They take over the land. This is how it works. Okay, <laughs> this is the, this is not something that was unique to America that we happened to do that. When when uh, when the Native Americans basically were um, were decimated, um, you know, and, and a lot of it was because of the fact that there was that that they had. Re um, gotten different diseases for which they had no mm -hmm. natural immunity. And so they, mm -hmm. they died um, in, in massive numbers and just decimated their communities. Um, really just upon contact with the European settlers and so forth, the Europeans that came over, um, th this was, this was not uh, intended by the Europeans, it's just a natural consequence. And we kind of see this, you know, a little bit going on with the COVID virus going on right now, you know, but, uh, but this was a lot more devastating because they didn't have, you know, it was a lot more, lot more deadly than the COVID, you know, than the COVID virus even begins to be. Um, some of these other, you know, pandemics that have been in the past. And so um, when, when, when you go to war and you have battles like the French Indian war or the, uh, you know, the, the, the revolutionary war or even the civil war, the bottom line is, is that there are people who win the battles and their people who lose. The losers don't get to keep their lands. This is how it works, folks. Uh, hate, hate to break it to the young people of the of, of America, but uh, when you lose a battle, you don't get to keep your stuff. This is how it this is how it just is in in humanity. Um, America is also unique, though, in that sense as well, because even though um, there were there were wars fought and battles fought and and, and the uh, the colonists basically won over the Indians. They also made places for the Indians. Think about that. Uh, yes, are, are, are the, uh, are the, were the reservation systems, were they as good as the land that they originally had? Well, no, obviously not. That, that, that's not the case at all. You know, the, the reservations were basically the, the, the bad lands, if you will, the, the lands mm -hmm. that were not as productive. And why did they do that? So they could keep the Native American people basically in check. So they couldn't rise up again and fight against them a second time because they wouldn't have the resources to be able to do that. Um, but then also that, that, that was a, that was a really a, 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 
a, a, a horrific thing, but battle is horrific, folks. This is how it works, you know. So, um, you know, so the bottom line is, is that no other nation that I'm aware of, um, although I, I, I could be wrong, I because I haven't really uh, studied this out, you know, specifically. But I don't know of any other nations where, after having been vanquished, that the the nation actually carved out lands for them within their nation mm -hmm. for them to be able to continue to live and thrive. And not only that, but then also uh, paid for it. I mean, you know, gave them money to be able to stay there and live there. Now that came, that caused dependency, which I think has been destroyed a lot of the initiative of Native American cultures. But, uh, but the bottom line is, is that they, that the United States is unique in that they just didn't just finish them off and destroy them. Um, also almost every, you know, in, in the first world war and the second world war, Korea, you know, uh, Vietnam, how many of those nations did America um, take over? How many of those places now are called America? How many people in this world live in, in freedom and at least some amount of you know, uh, prosperity because America existed, because we went to battle and we fought on those beaches in, in Normandy and in France, and we, and we put down Hitler, the great communist. And, and now we want to go back to that same communist crap that they were doing with, uh, with that. Don't get me started on that because that's, uh, that's, that's not good. But, but, but basically, so we want to go back to this Hitlerish ideas. You know, Hitler's stuff didn't work. And if you don't believe that, just look at all the millions of Jews who didn't live because of that. It's they, so they are sad less... because it's so like the young people have not had the wisdom of the experience. Yeah. They haven't gone through the things that our parents have gone through that we've heard our grandparents and great grandparents telling us about. Right. And so they it's it's idyllic to and, think that what's happening. Th this is the reason why no statue should ever be torn down even if the Confederate statues, because this is what reminds us to not ever let this happen again. You know, the, the, the statues that are there, uh, when you see a Confederate general and so forth, I mean, they believed in particular things. They believed in slavery. Many of them were still good, good individuals and did a lot of good things. You can't judge everybody by one decision that they made mm -hmm. in their life. That's just ridiculous. People change over the, time, over the course of time, as did many of the generals who actually had to fight Many of the Confederate soldiers didn't believe in slavery, you know, but they fought on the Confederate side anyway. So the bottom line is, is that uh, you have to be able to allow people to be able to make mistakes and learn. And if we destroy that history, then how are we going to remember? That's the point of having monuments so that we remember the things that have happened, the things that we've gone through, the struggles that were made. And the people who died and li lived and died and, and fought valiantly for whatever cause they believe in. You know, but the bottom line is when you tear down that history and you, re you remove that history, then you're destined to, to, to go through it again. It's like you have to reinvent it all over and, yeah. and not learn from the past, not learn from the previous exactly. generations. So do you believe that America has blessed the peoples of this earth or do you feel that they have oppressed them because i'm hearing what you're saying about the indians we've <laughs> we've blessed them we've given them reservations they've yeah. they've been blessed by the things that we've done the the other countries that we've well, for gone the most to part most native americans haven't have don't still live on reservations i mean most most of the native american people have assimilated into the overall culture that's right and have done very well prospered and done very well so Anyway, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but basically, so you're asking about, 
um, has America oppressed the peoples of the earth or have they or, or have has America liberated and blessed them? And obviously, I mean, that's a pretty obvious answer from my standpoint. What I find hard to believe is that there's people who actually believe that America is the great oppressor. When you take a look at the regimes, uh, communist and socialist mm -hmm. regimes, and you talk to the people who were there, the citizens of those nations, and you ask them about repression, you know, uh, you ask them about what it's like to live in Venezuela right now, mm -hmm. what it's like to live in communist China, where they basically, you don't do anything, but they don't, but they know about it. And if you do anything that they don't approve of, then you get docked social points, you know, and you can't, and then you're not allowed to do certain things and so forth. They, they, they literally do not have uh, freedom as we know it here in the West. It is a completely different situation. Um, many young people have never experienced what it's like to have that kind of oppression. And so they don't know, which is why I think it's really important that we, that we go and we, we uh, learn from those who have gone before us and specifically, I think we need to pay attention to those uh, that, that most of them are dying out now, but those who were involved in, like, for example, World War II. There are, there are a few of those veterans left. Ask them. Look at their stories. What did they give up? What did they sacrifice? Why did they sacrifice what they did for this nation? If this nation was so bad, then why do so many good people stand up for it? And if this nation is so bad, why do other people around the world literally give their lives i mean they, they risk their lives to come here if it's so bad if it's so racist why do it why is it that that people from from all other countries you know, know that they come from different races why do they want to be here if it's so bad so young people wake up and realize that what you have been giving you on a silver platter is one of the greatest nations that's ever existed on this planet on this earth it will continue to be the world would be a completely different place if America never existed. I'm so grateful for your comments today. And I'm so grateful and hope that there will be many out there who will encourage your, your youth to listen to this conversation and to listen to Rod Meldrum, who has devoted so much of his life to the study and to the understanding of what made America great and how we can retrace those same footsteps and help America retain its greatness. <laughs> Karen Lynn Grant with Rod Meldrum. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. Good afternoon, this is Carolyn Grant with Joy Coaching America interviewing Rod Meldrum with The Firm Foundation. We're so excited. I want Rod to start by telling you all about the big conference that's coming up in September. Well, we have... Uh... Some pretty amazing speakers. We're really excited this time to have uh, my, my friend Glenn Beck. Is awesome. going to be actually there. Uh, well, it's a virtual conference, so he won't actually be there. But he's, he's, we get to hear yeah, him and see him. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So you'll be able to hear uh, Glenn and uh, talk about some amazing things there. Uh, had an opportunity to meet with Glenn several times, and it's just been a just an amazing blessing in my life to be able to hear. This guy's genuine. I'm telling you, he he is the real deal. 
you know, he says what he, what is, what he, what he, as uh, his heart's telling him. And he's, uh, he's one of the most fearless people I've ever met. Absolutely. Uh, amazing, amazing him. individual. So uh, we're having him, we have uh, Tim Ballard with Operation Underground Railroad. Again, another fearless individual that goes into the, the, the belly of the beast, if you will, and, and goes into these dark areas of child trafficking and, and the third world countries and, and, you know, breaks them up and, and rescues these kids. Um, puts a great his, puts patriot. His, put his life on the line numerous times about this thing. And, uh, and, and, and uh, he's another great speaker we're going to have. We have uh, David Barton and, uh, and, and uh, he's uh, with Wall Builders. He does the, uh, one of the foremost experts in the, in the United States of, as far as the constitution is concerned, excited about having him for the first time this, this time. Uh, and then there's just a, just a whole bunch of other, we have Wayne May, which a lot of people uh, know about. He's uh, his ancient American ma magazine and so forth. We have uh, myself, uh, talking about the, uh, the, the this American covenant information and, uh, and just numerous others. We have, uh, we have a whole cadre of, of, uh, individuals who, who have, who speak pretty regularly at our events, but we have a lot of new people this time too. And so we're excited about doing that. If you want to learn more, just go to book of Mormon .org. Again, that's book of Mormon .org. And today we are talking about why is America unique? And we are about to head into a question that I want to address to you, Rod. Why do you think America is unique in all the world? Well, I think, um, you know, when it comes down to um, something being unique or not, um, I think a lot of times you have to look at it and say, okay, what is the, as they say in, in the Bible, what, are they, what is the fruit? You know, um, what has the establishment of this nation actually accomplished in the world. And, uh, and as I look at that, I, I just am I'm just in awe. You know, um, when America was first uh, begun, um, there was no, no, no such thing as electricity. There was no flight. There was uh, people pretty much lived as they had for centuries and even millennia prior to that. Essentially, you, you, uh, you garden. You uh, you plant your crops. You hope that uh, that the, the the bugs and so forth don't eat your crops. You uh, you basically ask God for His protection over your crops. You basically make enough to eat. Um, you have a few animals possibly, and uh, you live in a basic uh, you know a pretty much basic home. Unless you're royalty, and then of course you live in palaces and, and things like that. But uh, but the vast majority of people lived. Uh, pretty basic lives. Um, since America became a uh, a, 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 a world power, um, think of the think of the things that have been um, discovered, and primarily by Americans. And so much has happened in two hundred yeah. years. So much has happened in four hundred years since yeah. the Pilgrims landed in Plymouth Rock. Yeah, it, it, it's it's been estimated that over seventy percent of all the technologies that we have that we enjoy as as human beings on this planet today actually had their start or their origins by Americans. And uh, we, 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 we don't need to back away from that. We don't need to shy away from it. In fact, I think we need to celebrate it, you know, that, because uh, things like for, you know, um, uh, I mean, many nations have wonderful things to celebrate. I mean, I, I, I uh, served a mission in, in, in Milan, Italy, and Milan has great things to celebrate. Italy has great things to celebrate. I mean, the Vatican is one of the most incredible you know, mm. things ever. I mean, you look at the accomplishments that these people did 
way back. I mean, even in the in the Roman times, for example, and, the, and things like the Colosseum and the things that they were able to accomplish without even electricity and hydraulics and, uh, and, and massive machines and so forth that we have and, and steel, you know, things like that. Um, but all of these things were developed. I mean, think of the telephone. I mean, how has that changed your life? Think of electricity. How has that changed your life? You know, think about uh, satellites and uh, and even things like uh, being able to end a war with one bomb. Well, really, I guess technically two bombs, but, you know, but basically the technology to be able to do that was developed by who? You know, America has done more to bless this world than really any other country. I think we can be unabashed about that. No other country has blessed the world and its people like America has. And we were the first people that, you know, first ones to put men on the moon and so forth. And the technologies that were involved with that, uh, the first ones to actually uh, create airplanes and to fly and to have commercial airlines. To, for, for average everyday people to be able to, to basically do things that kings of the past never even imagined they could do. You know, so, uh, I mean, we have uh, our, our, our homes, whether we live in the big cities or out in the far country, we still have electricity uh, by far and away. You know, it's like, as I listen to you, I think in other countries where people have been suppressed, they haven't had the opportunities to explore their own gift. Mm -hmm. And here they were free and they were liberated and they were allowed to discover their gift and to contribute to the whole, to the good of the whole. And I think yeah. that that is really exciting to think about what has been accomplished in all of these years. Yeah, I'd I, I love to bring up the idea. Um, in fact, Dinesh D'Souza, if you've ever heard of him, he has a, a film, it's called America. What would, what would the world be like without her? I mean, it is just absolutely amazing to watch that film. Uh, if, if we, we would still be basically in the Stone Age, as far as we know. But these were inspired individuals who, uh, beca who, who had their creative um, genius unleashed because they didn't have all this uh, the regulation That's right, the and the heavy handedness and the lack of ability to see into the future or, or to be able to, to, uh, to question, to be able to, uh, to, to wonder and, 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 then, and then move in those directions freely without restraints they were really set free to explore themselves their talents their That's gifts right. their abilities and by the way dinesh is did. coming out with a new movie did you know yes that? i know that yes he's awesome yeah. Tr trump card yeah, <laughs> yeah <that's right. laughs> it's called the trump card i tell you dinesh has put out some pretty amazing 2016 and, and, and for a, a guy who's an immigrant it's, he loves it, this it, country it, it's just sad that we do not see our country that we were just blessed with it's just i mean it's just we just were born here so we just automatically just believe that this is just the way it is when people come from outside of this country and they come in as immigrants um, unless they have another agenda most of them are I mean, virtually all of them will say this is absolutely astounding i think we've we gave all up our heard whole, that. we gave up our, our entire families and we left families behind and we left businesses and things behind because this is america this is the nation that is the shining light to all other nations. Right. It should be, except for when we begin to ignore God. And when we begin to ignore God, then God withdraws the blessings that he's given to America. And what we're seeing is the result of those withdrawing of those blessings because we basically are rejecting God. And now we're experiencing consequences. Yeah. There's always a consequence whenever you have um, 
you know, when you re reject God and his and his blessings, basically, or his commandments, which he gives us, not because he's trying to rule over us, but because he knows that that's going to what's be best for us. It's what's going to make us the most happy. It's kind of like having guardrails on a uh, on, on a on a highway next to a cliff. <laughs> you know, that's you basically, right. um, yeah, if you want you know total freedom, basically called anarchy, um, then take the guardrails down. You know, but uh, but if you want to have happiness, basically, then have have some guardrails up. It, it doesn't make you so you can't travel. What it means is that to, to you can travel safely or more safely. And uh, so that's basically what the, the Constitution is all about. It was absolutely inspired. I mean, you know, to be able to, to have it so that the, the smaller states could have an, a, a, a more equal say than the larger states. Um, you know, that, that, that there'd be, you know, the, the Senate and the House and the way that they're, that, you know, they are, are set up, basically. Um, it, 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 these are all checks and balances that, that make it so that one group or the other, basically, they have the three, the three systems, the judicial, the executive, and the, uh, and the, and the Congress, basically. Um, and these are, these are, uh, are really important to, uh, to checks and balances that make our, make our nation function. That is awesome. I'm so excited to hear these things and so thankful for everything that you've shared with us today. This is Karen Grant with Joy Coaching America and Rod Meldrum. And go to www.bookofmormonevidence.org. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. Interviewing Rod Meldrum and his website, for those of you who have been listening to this show, is www.bookofmormonevidence.org. We're so excited, Rod, about the conference that's coming up on September 25th and 26th. Well, yeah, we have about 80 speakers basically going to be doing this virtual conference so you can uh, watch it from the comfort of your own home on your smartphone or your or your your tablet or your laptop or whatever you got there. Um, but we have uh, some amazing speakers coming up uh, this 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 conference. We have Glenn Beck is our is our kind of our keynote speaker here. Uh, an individual I've wanted to have speak for a long time and he's going to be here. We have uh, David Barton with Wall Builders and we have uh, Tim Ballard with Operation Underground Railroad and and uh, Wayne May and, and uh, Amberly Nelson. I mean, just a, there's a whole uh, slew of individuals who who are kind of our regular uh, speakers that have some great new information. I know that they've got some good stuff to share with you. Um, then also we have, um, if you want to get to, uh, to find out more about this, you can go to our main website, which is bookofmormonevidence.org. Again, that's bookofmormonevidence.org. Um, you can also go to bookofmormonevidencestreaming.com, which is our site that has over 500 uh, hours or 500 presentations uh, on the site there from about uh, 150 different uh, individuals and ex expertise on lots of different subjects, including things like uh, um, you know the Book of Mormon itself, and, and also um, like uh, health and wellness, um, 
constitutional studies and uh, and you know, current events. I love it. And I want you to know that I am so excited about the one that we just purchased, mm -hmm. DNA and Dating Dinosaurs. <laughs> and, you know, I told my husband, that is just such a fascinating title because my brain thinks about dating, you know, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. I love it. It was just so fun. And we took it home. We've been watching it. We are loving it. And so when you go check out these 80 speakers and you go to the streaming.com one, please go check out Rod's information on the DNA because this is fascinating. We got the privilege of listening and sharing with him and having him share with us the other night and learned so much. I just am so excited for all of you to be able to know this man and to understand the things that he loves, that he's passionate about, that he has researched, studied, brilliant mind. And here he is with us today on the show. And today we're going to start, we're talking about what makes America unique. And now the final question of the day, what makes America a promised land? And this is probably my favorite question because this indicates that we have a, a promise, that we have a stewardship and a responsibility, that there's something we can do to transform, to be transformed, to be personally responsible for this great nation. It belongs to us, the people. We are the people it belongs to. So Rod, teach us what makes America <laughs> a promised land. Well, in order for be in order for something to be a promised land, it has to have a promise associated, right? So, what is the promise of America? What is the what is this promise um, for those of my faith and uh, and myself? Um, the promise actually began all the way back with Adam and Eve, in the Garden of Eden, and when Adam and Eve were expelled from the Garden of Eden, uh, we we uh, are of the understanding that that Garden of Eden actually was here in America, and uh, and and that God established a new promised land. The promise was essentially this, Karen, and that is that as long as you're righteous, you can stay here. But God set up this nation, this this particular land. Um, and in fact, uh, for those uh, who are, are, are Christians, basically, and, and believe in the uh, the Bible, the Holy Bible and so forth. Uh, interestingly enough, um, when after Abraham um, had Isaac and then had Jacob, and then Jacob was was renamed Israel. And then he had 12 sons, right? And those 12 sons took the land that was originally promised to Abraham and they divided up that land into, you know, into each each son basically of, of the 12 sons got a piece of it, except for two of them. Two of them didn't get an inheritance over in Jerusalem area. Those two, those two uh, individuals were basically Levi, the, the, the tribe of Levi, his family. They didn't get an inheritance. And why was that? Because they were going to be blessed to be the ones who take take care of the temples, mm. so they so the temple was going to be their inheritance. Basically, the the temple there in Jerusalem. Um, now Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, and both of them got an inheritance. But Joseph himself never did get an inheritance over in the old world. But wait a minute! I thought he was the good one. <laughs> I thought he was the one—the one with the coat with many the, colors, the, the, the coat of many colors, and so forth. Yeah, he—he was—he was kind of like the favorite, I guess, <laughs> as far as that's concerned. Uh, why didn't he get an inheritance? Because his sons did. I guess that kind of gives him a double inheritance. But really, why didn't he get an inheritance? He, nothing was ever named after him. And actually, there's a reason for that because Joseph was promised in the Bible basically that his inheritance was going to be 
a better land, wow. even better, a, a, a promised land that was above all other lands. And that land was going to be not in Israel area. So where was that land? And, and who is it that actually helped to establish that, that particular land? Well, it actually comes all the way down to George Washington. On the day of his inauguration, they were at the federal building, and then they went over to the, this, this little stone church called the St. Paul Cathedral in downtown what is now New York. And, uh, and he basically got a Bible um, just as during his inauguration, and he opened up the Bible to a very specific verse in, in, in Genesis chapter um, I think it's chapter 48, I think it is. And uh, anyway, and, and, and this is the verse that says that Joseph will become a fruitful bough, yea, a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. Hmm. This is what George Washington, according to historians, had his left hand on at the same time as he raised his right hand to the square, basically making a covenant with guess who? With God as this nation's first rightful leader, the first actually elected president of the united states of america and uh and what was this what was this deal he put his hand on this verse in genesis and basically invokes a covenant with god that joseph would become a fruitful bough a fruitful bell by a well whose branches run over the wall what was over the wall according to you know what they understood back in that time frame was over the ocean and that joseph's inheritance was to be a, a far greater land than that of, of jerusalem and the israel area and that land was America. That is amazing. Several, several, time founding, several times founding fathers of the United States actually talked about that one day there may be a new Jerusalem on this land. And for those of us of, the, of, the, uh, the, of my faith, uh, we believe that the, that the new Jerusalem is going to be in this land. And we've had revelations from our, through our prophets about that idea that this is the, this is the promised land. So when we look at the America, um, the question was, is uh, what does, uh, what makes America a promised land? A promise made to God is what makes America a promised land. It is a promise. It is a two-way covenant um, between God and mankind. And as long as we will honor, obey, and sustain God in this land, he will bless us. And the, and the reason, main reason why he wants to bless us is because According to the Abrahamic covenant, he says, through Abraham's seed shall all of the nations be blessed with his gospel. And, uh, and America has done more than any other nation to basically free people, to be able to live their religion, to be able to, whatever religion that is, but especially help Christianity because most of the founding fathers were Christians. And in fact, this nation is a Christian nation. Don't let uh, anybody tell you differently because uh, the, 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 we have overwhelming evidence that those who study the Constitution, that the single most quoted book of any book of all the founding fathers, and this is by about a, a margin of about 10 times more than any other book, was the Holy Bible. They referenced the Holy Bible continuously as they um, were establishing the, this, this wonderful nation that we call America. We also believe as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that, that the Lord himself raised up the founding fathers for the very purpose of establishing the constitution. The constitution is an inspired document that came from the mind and will of God. And that also that the, 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 uh, the, the bill of rights, for example, was inspired as well. After the, after the founders made the, the, the constitution, they said, how are we going to be able to 
you know, wh where do our rights really come from? We need to make sure that people understand where their rights come from. And then they made the Bill of Rights, which has never been done before in any, in any other nation. These men were inspired. They, they created a nation that has created more wealth and prosperity for every person in this world, basically, than, than ever before. We live um, in, in, a, in even the poorest among us, even in, in, even in third world countries, um, still live a lifestyle that would be the envy of people 400, 500 years ago. You know, Rod, as I sit here and I listen to you, I feel that tremendous fervor and excitement and and stewardship and responsibility and personal conviction that every single one of us has such a responsibility to help keep that promise and to help keep this land a promised land through our goodness and yeah. through God's grace. Yeah. Every, every generation has to make a choice. You know, they call it the, the greatest generation, you know, that the, the fought in the World War II and so forth. I mean, they basically, they had to put down the evils of socialism and communism. And many wow. men left, lost their lives. In Our grandfathers. And beating down these, uh, these, these, uh, these communist ideas that resulted in, in the annihilation of entire segments of the population of Germany, for example, or Poland. Um, we have been carried away into comfortable complacency. It's and, been uh, handed and, to us. And it's been handed to us. And the, the kids of our generation, they don't have any idea what real hardship it even looks like. They've never gone without a meal. They've never had um, real oppression. None of the people who have been whining about slavery have ever been in slavery before in this land. This is the greatest nation on the earth. Um, it still is. It will continue to be as long as we will uphold it. But, but we will have to stand for this nation. I am Karen, so I mean, let, let us stand. grateful, Rob. This has been wonderful. I have felt that conviction. I have felt like I just got a transfusion of energy here. This is Karen Lynn Grant with Joy Coaching America with a wonderful interview with Rod Meldrum today. Visit www. Book of Mormon Evidence.org. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Rod.